Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7. Here's Pastor Ryan. All of that speaks of the Israelites. It's their sheep, their goats, their their, their farms, the cattle. It's all, it all speaks of the stuff that God has given them. But he, does, he doesn't desire their sacrifices before he desires their heart. That's why David said in that psalm, you don't, you don't want my stuff, you want my heart. Then when you have my heart, we say to you, build up the walls of Jerusalem. And then when all of these things are set up, when my heart is right with you, that's a sacrifice you want. Then it says here, you shall be pleased with the sacrifice of right. Then with burnt offerings, whole burnt offerings, then they shall offer bulls on your altar. So the heart, then the stuff. Because God, what good is this stuff? God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need our cattle. He doesn't need our money. He wants our heart. But as you know, money makes people weird. Or it can. When the Israelites gave to the Lord, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because it dealed with their personal livelihood. They did it as a love offering to God in obedience by faith. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, Jesus said, that's where your heart's going to be. We shouldn't live lives where we're just stockpiling a bunch of stuff and money and everything else. We need to be rich towards heaven. And, and to, to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, because we're not going to be able to take anything with us here. Right? No U-Haul uh, uh, follows a hearse. It, it, you go, naked we come in, naked we go out. There's nothing that we're going to take with us. And who knows if our children's children are going to spend all our money in like two days. You don't know. You don't know. But we can be rich towards God. And, 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 and giving to God, it's part of it. It's not all of it, it's part of it. He wants our heart, he wants our time, he wants our energy, he wants our money. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One commentator said, or one Bible scholar said, show me a man's checkbook and I will show you his heart. And there are Christians who don't give Jesus a single penny. And there's no justification for it. None whatsoever. I was one before. I wasn't there yet for a long time. I don't know if it's a long time. But I wasn't there in the early days when I came to faith in Christ. Because I didn't know the lesson of, of what he was trying to say with money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He does not need your money. But he knows if you don't take 
some of the money that he gave you and you don't at least give him 10% of that, that money is keeping you in disobedience to the Lord. It's that big to you that you can't give God 10 bucks out of the 100 that he gives you. We have no standing to point at people and say they're greedy or they're not good people or they never you know, share their wealth and all. You know how it is. Today is a big socialist world they're trying to push on everybody. Everyone's equal pay, equal everything. In heaven, it's not that way. God doesn't just grab everybody and say, oh, all of you are equal in your... No, it's like, what did you do? What did you do? What didn't you do? What didn't you do? God tests by the works, by our lives. And it's, it's this way. Well, some people, they, they, they don't understand that, that God is trying to teach them that if you cannot let go of 10 measly dollars for, out of 100, there's something wrong. And it is faith, and it is trust, and it is obedience. It truly, if you look at what it is, it's what it is. And some might say, well, uh, and the, oh, that's an Old Testament uh, philosophy. It is not. It is not. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The same measure that we use. And I remember as a young Christian, you know, I came to Christ when I was 23, a month before I turned 24. Um, well, it's, we're in August, right? I probably got saved. This is my anniversary. It was, on a, it was on a Wednesday night in August in 1999. But we're moving forward, right? So I don't, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. But it was this month, right before Y2K. My birthday is next month. So I was 23. But I'm thinking, you know, I, I, you know most 23-year-olds from where I'm from, unless you're slinging dope, you were broke. Period. So when you come to Christ and it's just like, oh my gosh, that 10 bucks hurts. And it took time. But nothing worked for me financially. Nothing. I thought, I've given you my life, Jesus. I, I, I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm fellowshipping. Can't you bless me with a better job? And the thing will go around church and I just pretend I don't, I don't see that. And after a while, I started listening to the Holy Spirit and God was saying, the reason why you ain't, you're, I'm not giving you anything better is because I don't have your heart completely. And so God loves a cheerful giver. I was not a cheerful giver. I gave it reluctantly. But that changed. I got over my feelings and eventually it became... No problem. And I gave it. And God moved me up the ranks in Caltrans. My goodness, did he. Little by little, bam, open door, bam, open door, bam, open door. And I didn't know what I was doing in any of those jobs. Train me and I'll do it <laughs> with a smile. And I will be there on time. Because God is good. And he took my little tithe and he blessed Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3. Please. Beginning with verse uh, 8. Give me an amen once you're there. I like to read this because it's so, it's so sweet and so bitter at the same time. 
I'd just like to, when has God ever said this? Will a man rob God? I mean, that verse alone is like, stop the press. What? What? How can one rob God? Yet you have robbed me. That's a nut. That, the second half is even worse. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? In what way have we robbed you? In, the, in tithes and offerings. Listen to this. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Like everybody at that time was just robbing God, not, not giving to the Lord, not giving back. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know it's bad to test God. We're not to test the Lord. You know, Satan told Jesus to jump off the temple. He goes, you know, it, it is written, do not test the Lord thy God. We're not supposed to test them. But this is the only place that God says, trust me, test me, give the tithes, and watch me blow your mind. That it would, op I'll open up the windows of heaven like that. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And so again, there it is. Will a man rob God? And it's something to consider. Everyone, you know, we listen to the news, it's a recession. What is it? The recession is what the news told me. And the recession is what the news is telling you. What does that have to do with God? Can he not make it rain? You want climate change, look to Jesus. He's the one who can, who can make it rain all day. And we're going to read about it more back in our text. But again, show me a man's wallet, show me a woman's purse and you know her checkbook, and you'll know where her heart is. And you become interested in the things of God when you invest in God. Your heart follows your money. That's what that verse says. So you don't give. How's your heart going to, what's it going to follow? It's going to follow wherever you're putting your money to. My money's on my retirement. My money's on my house. My money's on my car. So that's where your heart is. But if you start giving like you are commanded to, your heart goes that way. And say, oh man, you know, that's, your heart follows the money and i've seen it work trust me i've seen it work guys it's blown my mind then the king and all the people offered sacrifices verse six and the priests attended to their services the levites also with instruments of the music of the lord which king david had made to praise the lord saying for his mercy endures forever so david had made these instruments they're playing them Whenever David offered praise by their ministry, the priests sounded trumpets opposite them while all Israel stood. And so the musicians played, honored the Lord, blessed the Lord. Verse 7, furthermore, Solomon constructed or consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings 
uh, because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat. And so here we see that King Solomon had to make sufficient room for all the offerings that the people were They're giving so much that the regular uh, altar could not handle all of the... So he just consecrated the court blessed it and they just be kept bringing that stuff and it, and it, it's a blessing it's it, it is what god said that if you if you honor me then i will open up the windows of heaven upon you and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it so we see this literally happening you know in uh in present time here that that there are so many blessings coming in that he had to consecrate a whole section for that and so i mean when god when god blesses he blesses when it rains it pours and so think about that i gotta open another account (laughs) that's too much you know god bless us that's all i said it's a beautiful thing i think of i think of just the part us putting down that asphalt out there that new asphalt and how the parking was just so so packed people were parking in the street we were able to get that and that's that's that in a small sense is us making room for the blessings of the lord and more people coming this sunday was out of control you know people were sending me video of the parking lot even before i was done preaching in second service so there's a folks are coming and first service is crazy first someone walked in and said is this second service during first service so it's a cool thing be praying for god's manifestation because he's he's blessing but he wants all of us to be partakers of the work that he's doing you don't want to be left out at that time, Solomon kept the feast seven days and all Israel with him, a very great assembly from the entrance of Hanath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel." Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his uh, own house. And so we see again, all the people came when they were called by God and the king to come up, and they all left glad and rejoicing for what God had, had done. We still have feast days. And it's called Sunday service. And it's called Wednesday night. The early church met on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. That's why we meet there. These folks kept the feast. They're under the law and they kept the feast. You're not under law. We're under grace. We need to be here Sunday. Because when we're here on Sunday, we leave joyful and glad. And if the folks began to miss the feast days, can you imagine? I missed fire from heaven. Yes, you did, actually. Because they told you to stay home for 10 years to be safe. Be here. God shows up. May not be the most amazing sermon, but he'll still show up. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, you just, you can underline that, highlight that, 
and balance that with what the World Economic Forum people and Leo DiCaprio are telling you. Balance what he just said. If I shut up the rain, you have to balance it, my friends. It's either Leo or Jesus. He's a sinner who flies around in his jet. Girl after girl. He's not going to inherit the kingdom of God unless he repents. Why would I listen to him? The wisdom of God, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So the smartest supposed climate change scientist is is weak-minded for not having faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who gives that man breath or woman. I mean, think about it. Look what he says here. What is it? Is this not, is this, this, this isn't sophisticated enough for people. How can God stop the rain? Because he's God. Anyways, I digress. Or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So there is a, there is a correlation to, for, of, of their land not being blessed and how they respond to God. If they live for God, then he'll bless their land. If they do not live for him, they may have fun, pleasure in their temporary sins because sin is pleasurable for a season until the sinner has children and grandchildren and things become more serious to them, but then it's too late. They don't want their children living the party life. They don't want their kids, uh, live, they want their kids and grandkids to, to do right by God so they can go to heaven. Repentance is now. Because it's all connected. And that's why we're so adamant about the abortion issue. That's why we're so adamant about every issue that's in our country. Because it matters to God. It matters to Israel and it matters to us. And I've heard pastors say, that, that's, that verse is for Israel. You can't, you can't Christianize America. It's a Calvary Chapel pastor that told me that. And I will not give you his name. It'll break your heart. No one's trying to Christianize America. We're trying to restrain the evil so that it doesn't brainwash our children. We're just trying to resist it. So Jesus comes. They say, we'll never make this place heaven. But to not vote for the right people, psh, shame on us. Anyways, but he says that if, if, if they sin, but they, they repent, he'll forgive, he'll bless. Verse 16, for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. Now, I'm not trying to sensationalize, sensationalize this text. But my goodness, is the, we have a temple too, Lord. We have a house that he's given us too. I didn't buy this place. The Lord did. By his grace, he's given us a new church building. That's not happening right now. That's a miracle. That doesn't happen every day. And I believe that he has chosen to put his name on this church. And we must look at it as an anointed house of God. It's not just a building. 
Church is just a building. You know, I can do church at home from my couch. You know why they're saying that? Obviously, it's the people. Is it the Israelites? Or, or, or is it the temple that God is interested in? He's interested in the Israelites. We know that. But the temple, he is just saying that's going to be a special place. And if God wants to say that in the Old Testament, and we're reading it today, then I believe he's saying it to our church as well. This house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, Solomon, if you walk before me as your father David walked, and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as a covenant, uh, as a covenanted with David, as I covenanted it with David, your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land, which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, I will cast out as a sight, as my, out of my sight, and will make it a proverb and a by, byword among all nations." And so God is saying here, look, it depends on you, Solomon, like what you want to do with your life. If you walk with me, then I will bless you. Like I bless your father and the covenant that I made that, you know, the, the, it, it would not fail for a man to, 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 to sit on your throne. Now we know, sadly, that Solomon turns his back on the, on the Lord later because uh, many wives and uh, they turned his heart against the Lord. And uh, Israel was divided and eventually taken into captivity, into bondage, into slavery, because God doesn't mess around. One cannot say, oh, I love Jesus, I give you my heart and my life, and then go live however you want. See how long that lasts. At best, it was just confession, but not really conversion which a ton of people have gone to crusades and said it and then lived the way they want. Because I don't believe that once someone is born again that they can lose their salvation. I think that those who have confessed and even done works and those kinds of things, and they don't end up sticking with the Lord, I think that they just weren't saved from the get-go. That's my opinion. You can have a different one. It's okay. But that's my opinion. So why was I saying this? Um, oh, because Solomon had the choice. And um, he went. He went wrong. So uh, it, the temple was eventually destroyed, as we know, and it became a byword and a proverb. So yeah, we believe God's heart is here. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have Jesus interceding for us. If we honor His word, He will bless this building. If we don't, and I start preaching some funky stuff, you know feel free to throw rocks at me and then this place you know what I mean it, it, it matters on how the people will obey the Lord it does that's what matters and so he's saying this and then he says and as for this house which is exalted everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say why has the Lord done thus to this land and this house then they will answer because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt and embraced other gods and worship them and serve them. Therefore, he has brought all this calamity on them. It's right there. 
when I went to uh, Israel and I was in Jerusalem and I saw the Wailing Wall and I saw the Mosque of Omar and I saw the Dome of the Rock. There ain't no temple there. And, I, and the reason why there's no temple there is because they forsook the Lord their God. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.